As you know, I'm scared of oranges. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Take a Moment, a Bachelor podcast. For Paulina's friends, I'm Annalise. And for Annalise's friends, I'm Paulina. Thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Uh, we're really excited to be talking about Clayton again. Thanks to everybody who's given us feedback on our two Bachelor episodes, as well as our bonus episode. If you're a How I Met Your Mother or How I Met Your Father fan, be sure to check last week's episode out. Uh, so back to ABC's Himbo, Paulina. Good old ABC's Himbo, Clayton. What did you think about this episode? I thought it was good, but very drawn out. Mm-hmm. There's no reason we shouldn't have gotten a rose ceremony at the end. I have so much beef with ABC for doing this to us. It's literally turning into Nick Vial's season where we just went like six episodes with like rose ceremony at the beginning of the episode instead of the end. And it is my biggest pet peeve. It makes it so hard to keep track of how far people go. I agree. Also, it was just like there was drama, but it was a lot of like repetitive stuff. Like we didn't get anything new this week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. in terms of drama it was just like extended version of last week's episode and honestly it felt like last week's episode because it was we didn't even have that rose ceremony until the beginning of this episode exactly I agree with all of that did you have a rose and thorn for this episode um, my rose was Gabby getting the attention she deserved my love absolute queen <laughs> I say it every week I'm always excited to see what one-liners and what goofy things she comes up with and Clayton being like, I didn't know you had this side to you. And her being like, everyone else said this is the only side I have. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We've learned that Clayton is not necessarily the most observant person from this episode. And that was just one of many examples. Mm -hmm. And then my thorn is um, simply Shanae taking up too much of my TV time. Funnily, I had the same thorn. I phrased it as Shanae's continued existence. That's, I wrote it before I said Shanae's existence. And I said, that seems a little intense. Let me reword <laughs> it. But I want you to, it was the exact same wording before. I have one mode and it's intense. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, my rose was Sarah's one-on-one. And then I also, I don't know if this is a rose or just if my expectations are this low for men, but I thought that Clayton's responses during the group date where they all had to share their traumatic experiences I thought that his response to everybody sharing their really horrible stories was very nice it was very nice I I don't think that's your expectations were too low I think based on life experiences this was nice to see it was very refreshing yes it was very refreshing I'm I'm coming around on Clayton in some ways and just really not in others as we will get to in this episode Um, So this episode starts off where we left off last week, which is Sierra has just told Clayton what Cassidy told her, which is that she has a friends with benefits situation waiting for her back home. Um, It's been recent enough or close enough to her going on the show that she actually FaceTimed this guy while they were in the hotel quarantining and getting ready to film. Uh, So next we see Clayton's conversation with Jesse Palmer, where he asks if he can take back a rose that he's already given out. Uh, Jesse tells Clayton that there are basically no rules. Uh, This is just blatantly untrue. There are many rules in this game. And the only other noteworthy thing I thought happened in this conversation with Jesse is that I just could not tell them apart for a couple of different Mm -hmm. shots. 
Um, my only thing with the conversation between Jesse and Clayton is that what I've learned in this episode is Jesse is really doing the bare minimum as mm-hmm. host. He's not providing any like real support or advice to Clayton throughout this process, even with the crazy people he's gotten and Clayton being like, hey, I need help. He's like, you know, buddy, brother, I'll tell you. <laughs> There's no rules. Yes, there are. There are a lot of rules. You know this. You, we've read the contract. Like we know that there's lots of things you can and can't do. And like, exactly. he's not looking for rules. He's just looking for like, what am I supposed to do about this situation? He doesn't need to be told like, it's you. You can do what you want. He doesn't know what he wants. This man, ABC's himbo is not ready for more decisions. Right. And I feel like in the past, Chris Harrison, Caitlin and Tasha, they've said, you know, the decision is up to you. But they've, if somebody asks them like, can I do this? They'll say, you can do that if you want to. Here, Jesse is just kind of like, I don't know. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't do this. Kind of like just gives him a nothing answer, you know? Yeah. And I think it might have been harder after seeing Caitlin and Tasha being such good like co-hosts and like trying to comfort Michelle while she made tough decisions and stuff like that. But like seeing Jesse just be like, hmm, I don't know, brother. Like, what are you thinking? Right. That's something that was really refreshing about having people who don't have nearly as much hosting experience as somebody like Jesse Palmer does. They were much more comfortable being a friend, being more of a sounding board than trying to keep the show afloat and keeping it on schedule, keeping on track. (laughs) After talking with his brother Palmer, Clayton pulls Cassidy, brother Palmer, as soon as he starts talking, I think he gets two words out of his mouth and Cassidy says, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. But I know what you're going to say. What do you think she thought was coming out of his mouth? I don't know. Because she looked genuinely surprised. It wasn't yes. like, which I don't know why she is like being around the other woman. Like, I feel like she should have had like some sense of what was going on, but she looked generally like taken aback hearing those words. Right. And we see at the end of last week's episode, Sierra, after she talks to Clayton, she immediately goes to Cassidy and says, hey, I told Clayton about our conversation just to give you a heads up. What other conversations is she having with Sierra? She's like, she's not friends with Sierra as far as we know. So I, I don't know what she thought. Do you have any ideas? I don't know if she thought that Clayton was going to be like, I like see, I think we have a really strong connection. Like I feel something strong with us. Like, I think she was just expecting more validation, not to be questioned, but I don't understand how she got to that idea in her mind. And I would love to hear her take on it. Like what she had to say about it. Yeah, Cassidy, once you're off contract, you're welcome on the pod. So Clayton directs the conversation now, and he specifically asks her if there was somebody that she was seeing up until she left for filming. She's flabbergasted by this. And then she proceeds to flounder a lot throughout explaining what exactly was happening with this guy. She starts off by saying she hasn't dated anybody seriously since 2019, Uh, Then she says that she's not talking to anybody who she can see a relationship with. She's just kind of adding all these caveats that don't really seem necessary. What did you have a different take on this situation? I don't think I had like a different take on it. It just felt like that's how I could tell she genuinely wasn't expecting this to be the words he was asking her what he was going to say to her because if not she would have had something much more well rehearsed. We know she's a a game player. She's confident that she has her road. She thinks she's locked in. So if she thought that he was going to question her about this, she would have had a much more put together response. And the fact that she was like fumbling over her words shows that she was expecting something else. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I also think that having a friends with benefits situation or a situationship up until you leave for filming isn't an inherently bad thing if it's just a no strings attached situation. However, number one, she specifically says later on that she had a friends with benefits situation and the guy didn't want to be in a relationship with her which to me suggests it was kind of a one-sided thing where she thought that it was going to eventually progress into a relationship, but the guy had expressed to her that that wasn't the case and he wasn't looking for something serious. The other thing is if you're going to have a friends with benefits situation going into the show, you need to be prepared to explain that it was just casual, it was just physical, and that you are here looking for something more serious because that's your past and this is your present, blah, 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 blah. The way that she talks to Clayton reminded me a lot of Victoria Fuller denying being a homewrecker to Pilot P, and she just gaslights the crap out of him. You know, you can deny something without being nasty to the person who's just asking you questions, trying to get a picture of what's going on. And I feel like she was just so hostile and unpleasant towards Clayton that I understand from how she was explaining this, why he didn't want her around anymore. I thought of it more like Thomas being called out for saying he would he would consider being the next Bachelor starting the show. Ooh. That like, it's something that like, inherently you know most of these girls have someone they're attractive women in their late 20s early 30s like are you telling me none of them have someone that they could hit up when they, the show ends none of them <laughs> that's bullshit <laughs> you know it. I know it so like it's not an inherently bad thing the same way like a lot of people who go on the show are like oh if this doesn't work out like maybe I could be on paradise or maybe I could end up being the bachelor like it's not a bad thing to have those thoughts it's a bad thing to advertise it the way Thomas did mm-hmm by admitting it so blatantly, the same way it was bad for Cassidy to be bragging and talking about FaceTiming. Like, why are you talking about these situations that aren't relevant to this exact moment? Yeah. Why are you talking about potentially being the Bachelor when you're still currently on the Bachelorette? Why are you talking about this guy that you claim you have no intention of entering a relationship with when you're like on the show also bragging about how you have a rose? Exactly. Yeah. I think the moral (laughs) of the story is you are always mic'd up. You are always being recorded you're always being filmed so you have to be extremely careful and intentional with everything you say no matter how much you think the producers or the other women or men are your friends definitely so we finally get the conclusion of the Cassidy and Clayton drama he explains to her that even though they did have a genuine connection which did they it seemed like she just really liked making out with him and was more interested in being friends with Hilary Duff. But anyway, Clayton says that even though they had this connection, he feels like he doesn't trust her anymore. So he rescinds his rose and sends her home. And on her way out, Cassidy just decides to put the rest of the women on blast. She insinuates that nobody else likes Clayton as much as she does, which I just found mean and unnecessary. Did you have any thoughts on her exit? I just felt so bad for Clayton because we have to remember he had three women self-eliminate his first night. He's given a woman a rose who he genuinely, his love language is definitely physical touch. He just needs someone to like make out with him a bunch and like he feels connected and like that's fine. Like someone he like genuinely thought like, oh, this could work out and then have to take it back and then have her put more doubt in his head when he's already had three women who met him for like 20 seconds work and actually like I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Her exit was, I just made me feel bad for Clayton. But I did I think the funniest thing I've heard in a really long time is Cassie straight up telling some other girl, I think it was Lindsay, 
being like, oh, have you thought about what your exit interview is going to be? I thought that was so mean, but you're right. It's objectively hilarious that she was like, oh, you're not going to make it far. Have you thought about what you're going to say <laughs> when you get sent home? Just but also to say that savage. the same week that you get sent home yes. makes it is just like karmic justice. I don't know. Ball don't lie. I agree with you. I definitely think Clayton's love language is physical touch. He was interviewed on Bachelor Happy Hour last week, and he talked about his first kiss being in seventh grade. And the next day, the girl that he kissed told everybody at school that he was a really bad kisser. So I think he just needs the extra validation because he's so insecure from his first kiss. I bet he's still thinking about that at <laughs> this point in his life that he's, but also that's like pretty traumatizing. If like the first boy I kissed, like went and told everyone I was a bad kisser. I don't know what I'd do, but it would not be nice. It would not be good. Yeah. I also feel like though, like my first kiss was terrible. The guy banged his teeth into mine somehow. So, but like I've moved past that and I've had much better kisses. Like was your first kiss really magical? No, my first kiss was definitely one. It was like definitely like a quick peck. Like, yeah. so it was like cute, but like not a great kiss. Right, yeah, like you move past it, you gain experience and you learn how to be a better kisser. So after Cassidy gets shipped home with or without her stuff, it's unclear because she says that she didn't even pack. Uh, we cut to the rose ceremony. The two women who have roses this week are Susie and Sarah. We see him give out the rest of the roses. And the women we say goodbye to are NC, Kate, and Tessa, RIP Asset. You will be missed. We will miss you, Asset. We will also miss you, NC and Kate. Right? Like, I feel like, like he sent home some big players this week. He like those are people that I think we mentioned on the first episode where we see a lot of potential with them and we never got to see it because Shanae and Cassidy have taken away my TV time. Right. Like Cassidy and Shanae, according to Bachelor Data, had I think number one and number three airtime in last week's episode. And I haven't seen the numbers for this week's episode, but I'm sure Shanae had the most screen time again. And it's just like I don't enjoy watching her. I think she's extremely unpleasant. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to this new narrative about Shanae too, where she just kind of trashes the other women for no reason in particular. She calls them fake because they seem to care about each other. Yeah, it's, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what she's doing. Like her role model, Cassidy, was just sent home. (laughs) Why is she still thinking that this villain narrative is the right one to play? Like Cassidy gave you strict coaching, being like, this is what you need to do to get the rose. And homegirl was sent away. Why are you still listening to that narrative? Right, exactly. Clearly her tips did not work because she's no longer here. Uh, I don't know. I'm over Shanae. I was over Shanae during this rose ceremony. And that was about 20 minutes into the two hour episode. So Mm -hmm. buckle up because there's more. We cut to the next morning and we get a group date card. The women who are going to be on the group date are Serene, Susie, Eliza, Mara Marinera, Marlena, Hunter, Genevieve, and Jill. Unclear if Jill's cremated exes also got invited to be on this date. (laughs) They show up to a theater and Caitlin Bristow is guest hosting this date. 
she encourages them. It seems like she has a lot of different conversation topics on cards, but the only one they show for this entire group date is them talking about things about themselves that they don't like, which turns into what I have deemed trauma hour. And they just share a lot of really traumatic personal experiences They've done variations of this date multiple times. They did pretty much the same thing on Katie Thurston's season with Nick Vial, and that was when she revealed that she was a um, survivor of a sexual assault. Do you like this type of date, and do you think that they should make it a staple of every season? No, I don't like this date. (laughs) I hate this date. (laughs) (laughs) Just I was like, how do I start this? No, let me begin by saying, I don't like this date. I think it is forcing trauma bonding mm-hmm. and it feels inappropriate for me to watch. Yes. I have no right to hear all of these women's trauma. Like, yes, they're sharing an experience where they're trying to like get to know each other and they want to dive deeper. And I understand that those conversations need to happen. And this is a way to facilitate that. But like, there's no reason that deserves to be on my TV. And that like, for me, like I have no right to hear this information. Like there's no reason I should have heard that Katie Thurston was a survivor of sexual assault because that's not my place. It's not like something I, as a viewer, I'm supposed to, she didn't agree to share that information with me personally. Yeah. That's a very personal topic. That's something you're very specific about who you share that with. And like, I don't know, it just feels, it feels gross. Yes. It is just like you're saying, I find it extremely inappropriate that they basically force these women to reveal really horrible things that have happened to them in the name of breaking down their walls and letting Clayton in. I think it's especially inappropriate that they equate people who have been the lead on this show with licensed therapists who are actually able to hold a group therapy session. I do not want to see Nick Vial on my screen, number one, ever again, because I hate him. But number two, (laughs) especially in a role like this, I think Caitlin was a slightly better fit for this kind of conversation, just because we've seen how she forms long lasting connections and friendships with women Mm -hmm. on every season of the show that she participates in. However, Caitlin's not a therapist. As far as we know, Caitlin is not qualified to be serving in this position. And I really hope that they do away with this format. I don't think it's going anywhere because it's cheap and easy for them to do. And that gives them more of a budget to like go to Iceland for fantasy suites. But I -hmm. hate it. (laughs) It feels something that would be better as like a one-on-one date or a two-on-one date even, but like forcing nine women to have this experience and like it's so early on in the season they don't know each other they don't know who to trust yet like they don't know you they don't feel close enough to share this information I'm sure yeah they've known each other for a week this is the third group date of the season they barely know each other I was glad that they kept this segment like relatively short I feel like they've dragged out in the past and shown us a lot more of the conversations because it did feel like they were respecting because there's a lot of women we didn't hear from but I'm sure every single one of them spoke Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. It does seem like they gave some women privacy. Do you want to talk about any of the stories that people shared during this time? Or do you want to just kind of leave it and move on to the after party? Um, I think the biggest thing to talk about here, you talked about kind of with your Rose and Thorn, was 
Clayton's responses and him opening up about his body image issues yes yeah like in itself in a way that he wasn't pretending that his issues were any worse than these women he was mm-hmm. he's like I acknowledge that like he's like that you guys have had a lot that you've had to overcome he's like and I want you to know I've had to overcome things too but I'm not saying that it's any better or worse than what you've been doing with but I want you to feel like I've opened up and like told you something about myself too yeah I really like that over the last couple of seasons we've also seen um, a spotlight given to men who talk about body image issues. We saw this with Ben Smith on Tasha's season. He talked about his eating disorder and body dysmorphia. Um, it's something that I personally think is really underreported. You know, obviously there's just astronomical numbers of women who suffer from eating disorders and body dysmorphia, but there are also men who suffer from it too, but you know, the stigma, toxic masculinity, all of that stuff, I think contributes to the statistics being skewed. So hopefully there'll be more people who seek help if they need it. And uh, we finished this horrible date with a group hug. Yeah, my other issue with these dates is because we don't have a licensed therapist and we know that they don't treat mental health of the contestants very well. That's something like, Blake has talked about in the past about how much like he needed um, mental health resources while his season was airing. uh, This is Blake Hortzman from Mm -hmm. Becca's season. Yeah. And talking about like how that's something that they really need to work on. That's one of the reasons um, Peter Krause didn't want to be bachelor was because he said there wasn't mental health resources that like, that's the first time you see people hugging this whole day. People, you're just in a circle. Someone cries, another person cries. If I cry, (laughs) I would like to hug. I don't care if you know me or you don't, please give me a hug. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of um, Hannah Ann Sluss's one on date with Pilot Pete, where he's like, I don't know if like, you're ready for this. I need to take a minute to think about it. And he walks away and then she comes up and she's like sobbing from sheer stress. And he's like, that's it. That's what I needed. It's like rewarding them being put in these horrible, mentally distressing situations by giving them physical affection. Makes me sick. Makes me absolutely disgusted. After that horrible experience, we move on to the cocktail party. I really believe Clayton when he says he wishes he had a rose to give out to every woman on this date, because I think he really does. Like, as much as I hate that date, I feel like it was the first time we learned anything about anyone this season. Yeah. And like, yeah. granted, it's episode three, we shouldn't know too much yet. But like, there were women that were on that date that I was like, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I like your outfit. I like that you're supporting these other women. Exactly. Yeah. I have a hard time differentiating between Mara and Genevieve, but I feel like I finally have a couple of details about their lives that mm-hmm. helps me differentiate them. And I, th- I think you're right. I think he genuinely, if he had eight roses, to, but again, Jesse Palmer, brother, brother Palmer said there were no rules. So he, if he wanted to give out eight roses, he could. Yeah. Brother Palmer, where are you with the other seven roses for this date? Come on, man. Were there any after party conversations that stood out to you? Um, I liked his conversation with Eliza. Mm-hmm. I think they had, like, I was very glad she got the rose. I literally wrote in all caps. Yes. Eliza with the rose. I really like Eliza. I think she made great use of her cocktail party time last week because she didn't get a date. And this week she just really nailed it. She had production get her a giant mirror and brought Clayton in front of it so that they could see how Mm -hmm. good they looked together. And her outfit was fire. She did say it was her best outfit. And I agree. 
However, I do also agree with Clayton. And I think every outfit that she wears is her best outfit. She has great style. Yeah, I really liked Eliza. I feel like he has good chemistry with everyone that was on that date. Like yeah. any of those one-on-one conversations felt very, like he looked very excited to get to talk to them. I know that they just had this traumatic bonding experience, but he he's not just like, trying to make out with these girls like he's he looks at them like he's like I want he's hanging on to every word that they say yeah he is he's a very good listener and he's very he is very attentive in the conversations and he's very present just like you're saying there's nothing really dramatic there it was just some wholesome connections yeah some active listening it was a very (laughs) chill cocktail party which is something I wasn't expecting to see yeah, not a lot. I feel like not a lot happened on this date. No, we only After. heard a couple girls talk. Nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing dramatic happened at the cocktail party. Yeah, I'm interested to see um, Bachelor Data's breakdown of speaking time that she does, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people will just have 0.01% and then Cassidy, or uh, not Cassidy, Shanae will have 87%. Mm-hmm. So after the group date, we see Clayton go on his one-on-one date with Sarah. Sarah got the group date rose last week. Uh, They walk in downtown LA and meet up with Becca Kufrin, former bachelorette. She sends them on a scavenger hunt. And because you have to take risks in relationships or something, um, she tells them that they have to say yes to everything that she tells them to do. And this starts off with them doing the entire scavenger hunt in their underwear what did you think about this date premise it's such a weird date but also very Becca Kufrin very Becca Kufrin yeah it was just Sarah always seemed more reserved Mm -hmm. so I thought it was interesting that the first thing they made her do was take off her clothes and clearly she was supplied her and Clayton were both supplied underwear because it matched And because she had spaghetti straps that obviously that bra would not have worked under. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Bra type thing that she ends up wearing. It's somewhere between a bandeau and a crop top. So it's got a little bit more coverage. She's got like nice full underwear. But yeah, I just, number one, you don't have to say yes to everything in relationships. That's not how they work. Uh, number two, I hate running. And number three, I get extremely sweaty very quickly. So all of these factors made this not a date that I would like doing. Mm-hmm. It also, they just kind of ran out of like activities to give them. They recycle a bunch of things that we've seen before, like breaking open stuff and having to answer questions inside of it. This time they do it with pinatas. In the past, they've done it with balloons and stuff like that. I told my friends when I watched it with them yesterday, I was like, <laughs> as soon as they started running, <laughs> I, was, I was like, I would hate this date. I simply will not run there. Oh, you have no problem with them stripping for the scavenger. <laughs> you draw on. I said, I said, you're going to make me get in my underwear with this man that is also dating 20 other women to run, to do what I don't know what's next. There's exactly. so many layers to this that like, I, I would rather die than be on the stage than yeah. be the person chosen for this date. Also, I would like to remind you that Jesse Palmer, when they gave him the date card for the one-on-one date, he's like, he's like, oh, and a really romantic one-on-one. Yeah, what nothing about, about this, this is was romantic. Nothing about the daytime portion is romantic. The most romantic part was Sarah's freestyle rap. 
low key they make them perform on the street in front of people with very loud microphones and Sarah like freestyle raps quite well I'm wondering if she was given time to write that in advance or if that was actually off the top of her head but it was pretty good either way it it was pretty good also Clayton has said before that he is a good freestyle rapper and I've yet to hear it yeah Clayton what the heck this is the perfect opportunity step it up (sighs) oh Clayto we cut away from the forced calisthenics to see what's going on in the house. I have dubbed this section shrimp gate. That's also what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> I don't think, gate. yeah, I don't think we came up with that. I think that's kind of what the nation is calling it. So it what makes we the most sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, Watergate both shrimp. So what we see first is Elizabeth has taken it upon herself to make a large amount of garlic butter shrimp that she offers to share with the house. As soon as she goes outside to tell all the women that she has made shrimp, Shanae pops up, runs inside, and starts grabbing shrimp. ABC takes the liberty of providing us with a shrimp counter in the top right corner, and they count the shrimp so that we don't have to. She takes eight shrimp out of this pan. So Paulina, I haven't eaten shrimp in like 10 plus years. So I don't know how many shrimp is one serving size based on the number of shrimp in the pan to begin with. And like the average serving size for shrimp, did she take an appropriate amount of shrimp? I think in the pan itself, we're like a little under 20 shrimp. So she took almost half. She took like almost half of the shrimp which if not discussed with someone is taking too much. I personally eat like 11 shrimp in a sitting. Wow. It's a lot of shrimp. Um, but it also depends how big they are because you can get like the little ones or the yeah. jumbo ones. And I get whatever they sell at Walmart in the big bag. That's all I know. We love financial responsibility. <laughs> I would imagine it would also depend on what you're having the shrimp with. So if you're doing shrimp with fettuccine Alfredo, you're probably going to have fewer shrimp because mm-hmm. the carbs take up a lot of space in your little tum but if it's just shrimp which it kind of looked like it was it looked like it was just shrimp like no vegetable or anything which I'm not going to knock Elizabeth for cooking for everybody because that's very nice of her to do but just shrimp seems kind of weird to me it also bothered me that Shanae was eating the shrimp with her fingers i.e scallop fingers 2.0 I forgot about scallop fingers. I had like really blocked that out of my mind, but you're right. It is scallop fingers 2.0. It was Kristen Whitney from Nick Vial's season. I don't remember if the story took place while they were filming one of the shows or if it was outside of the Bachelor universe, just people all going out and hanging out with each other. But Kristen Whitney, a former contestant on the show, ordered scallops to go from a restaurant and started eating them in the car in between locations and she was eating them with her fingers and at one point somebody said something that made her laugh and she goes to like pat them on the shoulder while she's laughing and wipes her hand on their shoulder and thus the nickname scallop fingers was born and now nobody knows her as Kristen. She's exclusively called scallop fingers or scallops. Yes, this is very mean. No, I will not be calling her anything other than scallops. 
Considering I literally forgot what her name was. I was like, <laughs> you were, can you refresh our audience's memory? I said, no. But you know what she looks like, right? When I say scallop fingers, you picture like a brunette with beautiful full lips. Yeah, I, I just looked her up again. I was, I was like, am I remembering that person? And I was, but like yeah. her name literally just escaped me. That's hilarious. So Shanae is scallop fingers 2.0. She, so the cut that we get is Shanae eating all the shrimp and then the pan is empty. And Elizabeth is talking about how all the shrimp are suddenly gone. And a couple of them are like, oh, I wanted shrimp. I didn't get any. And then after Shanae finishes eating her eight shrimp, she does an ITM interview where she says, quote, I don't need to be the center of attention. I know how to make shrimp too. And then she makes shrimp and goes around asking loudly if anybody wants a piece of shrimp, which to me is trying to be the center of attention, but you know. It is trying to be the center of attention. Also, you know that most of these people have already eaten shrimp. And it looks like she didn't do a whole lot to the shrimp other than just throw them in the pan. Like there wasn't a lot of preparation and seasoning and stuff going on with her shrimp. And I think it was just garlic, butter, and shrimp, which is good. You don't really need a whole lot more yeah. than that. But I concluded this segment by writing, this whole thing is stupid. I can feel myself losing brain cells. My only note on shrimp grape was LMAO. Because why is this? <laughs> why why is this taking up my TV time? Literally, why is this? Why was this segment so long? All we needed was the shrimp counter, and then we would have been good. From Shrimpgate, we cut to Sarah and Clayton's evening portion of their date, and they have a private dinner in the Van Gogh immersive exhibit. I didn't know this was my dream date, but this is my dream date. I was saying, I was like, that's one of the nicest things I think they've had for like a, an evening portion. Also, instead of having like one of those weird private concerts, like they get like the... Yeah, they get a string quartet at the end, which plays a string arrangement of Claire de Lune by Debussy. This is traditionally a piano piece. I texted my mom, who started off as a voice major at Oberlin. Yes, she's impressive. And she's never heard of a quartet or a string arrangement of this piece either. So it was really cool, really different. Was there anything noteworthy, in your opinion, that happened between Sarah and Clayton on this date? No, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Like it was very cute. It looked like a very nice time, but I didn't feel like they had anything like big between them. Yeah, I think it's it's hard kind of going back to our issues with that first group date. We've come to expect on one-on-ones that people share something that's really shaped them that's been pretty significant and often traumatic when they get a one-on-one date. Um, the Game of Roses podcast calls this a PTC or a personal tragedy card. Basically, you just share what got you cast on the show. Sarah talks about how she was adopted and she grew up looking differently than her parents. Her parents are white. She is multiracial. And obviously this has shaped her as a person. She specifically says that it has, but it's, I'm honestly glad that we don't have to hear another Emily Maynard story or another Claire mm-hmm. Crawley story where her dad died where she, when she was really young and now her mom has early onset Alzheimer's. I wasn't expecting such a normal story, you know? Yeah, it wasn't something crazy. Like it wasn't 
it's something that like clearly has impacted her, but it doesn't feel like this like over the top thing that had to happen. It wasn't like one yeah. life-changing event, which is what I feel a lot of people have had in the past couple seasons, especially. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It felt less invasive this way. Mm-hmm. Most of what we see between Sarah and Clayton is just kind of platitudes, but you can tell that they have good chemistry with each other. Yeah. And that was Sarah's one-on-one date. She does get the rose at the end. And we have our final date of the evening, which is a group date. We have Gabby, Rachel, Dr. Kira. I forgot that Dr. Kira was still here until they showed her. Mm -hmm. Um, Melina, Lindsay, who looks like Jamie Lynn Spears. Yesterday too. Right? She looks a lot like Jamie Lynn, which not the highest compliment these days, but it's it's a match. Um, it's cool to have a doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, so we have Jamie, Lindsay, Spears, Sierra, <laughs> Teddy, Elizabeth, and Shanae. Shanae immediately says, I hate them about all of the women that she's on the date with. Truly, what is Shanae's problem with everyone? <laughs> I don't know. Like, at one point, I wrote, like, this is Shanae versus Elizabeth, but really it's Shanae versus the world at this point. She's just, she seems like a horrible person to be around. Like, I don't think that Elizabeth has necessarily been like the best. Yeah. Like, I think she's handling this in a very mature manner, but it's not that she hasn't been ignoring Shanae. Yeah. Like, but also people aren't going to always like you and you can't. Right say that it, you're being bullied just because someone dislikes you like exactly it's not the same thing Elizabeth making the active decision like I'm not going to engage with Shanae because I don't think I'm going to be nice about it and that's not cool is mature yes she's ignoring you but for a reason and she's also not like telling other people they can't be your friend they're making that decision because no one wants to be around you exactly but I can also say that it's not that Elizabeth is like the world's best person here either. She's just a person on this show. Right, exactly. That's my take for before the state even starts. I was like, before we get into all of the, this weird fake Baywatch date, like <laughs> there's a problem for no reason for just people existing in the same space. Right. You said about the last episode that part of why Shanae does so poorly in her argument with Elizabeth is because she is just making up this entire conflict and that really is evident as she accuses Elizabeth of bullying her and then the women all say no and Shanae just has nothing to say to that. Uh, We'll get to that once we get to the cocktail party portion of the date but as you alluded to this is the Baywatch date It starts off as a normal beach day, and then Nicole Eggert from Mm -hmm. Baywatch shows up, and they start doing some Baywatch-themed activities, like performing CPR and doing the iconic slow-mo run from Baywatch. Did you, have you watched Baywatch? Do you have any relationship with the show? I was about to ask you the same thing. No, I've never watched Baywatch. I have no idea who Nicole Eggert is. Yeah, same. I was like, the only thing I know about Baywatch is that you walk in slow motion in a red swimsuit and that the movie had Zac Efron. And I think The Rock was in that remake too, right? The Rock was too, but Zac Efron was the love of my life, still is, so. Somebody tweeted this. I did not write this joke, but he is my type at every single age, you know? He just, he's like a Pokemon that evolves in the best way. 
he really is but also he's like five eight like imagine yeah. if Zac Efron was tall like imagine if he was a tall man the world would, he would be unstoppable truly God knew what that would do and he said no I was like I'm five three height means nothing to me <laughs> but I'm aware that this is an issue for other people it is for me if you are not six two please see yourself out <laughs> six two specific I, I mentioned last time, I can't tell how old children are. I also can't gauge relative distances. However, I always know when a man is 6'2". That is a good skill to have. For, I don't know why, but I'm sure it is. Um, basically, this date was just an excuse for them to all wear red one pieces. They do a slow-mo running competition and Shanae uses this opportunity to make out with Clayton in front of everybody else. Thankfully, Nicole Eggert gets to pick who wins the best day watcher Mm -hmm. award for the week and she picks your queen, Gabby. My queen, Gabby, an absolute all-star whose personality got to shine through. I do love Gabby. And I was excited for her. However, I was most excited that it wasn't Shanae who got this award. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things we do need to discuss about this date. Yes. Clayton sunburn, which we can fully blame Melina for, who chose Clayton as her partner to put the sunscreen on. And Shanae coming over and being like, oh, I'll help you. And just did his nipples. Both of them are to blame for his horrendous sunburn for the rest of the episode, but it did give my Queen Gabby an opportunity to give him some aloe, so. We loved the aloe uh, montage in the after party. As somebody who worked at a dermatologist office for a year, the lack of proper sunscreen application made me want to throw up. We only have one thing that protects us from skin cancer, and it is sun protection, aka SPF 50 or higher, a big floppy hat and UV-resistant clothing. This has been my soapbox for the day. Make sure you wear sunscreen. Thank you. Other parts of this date, the CPR segment was so painful for me to watch. Yeah, because you you are CPR certified, right? I am CPR certified. Um, and watching them just like attempt to make it sexy, except whoever it was that said, oh my God, he's alive. You can, you can get my number later. That was cute. That was funny. That was cute, yeah. But yeah, there was no rib breaking in this CPR montage. When Nicole Eggert sees you giving fake CPR and she goes, hello, this is not a position's time. It is CPR. <laughs> Why is no one taking my lifeguarding course seriously? Honey, you're not, you're not a real lifeguard. You just play one on TV. But I liked her enthusiasm for CPR safety. Yeah, CPR, sunscreen. This was a, a valuable date for life skills. Yeah, yeah. Good beach survival tips for sure. Um, after that we cut to the cocktail party we see him have time with Rachel who is one of your picks to go far Mm -hmm. I thought that this was some really interesting one-on-one time because they both express to each other like I'm really into you but I know that we have a different connection than everybody else and I don't know they just seemed like really giddy and happy together did you have any more specific thoughts on this I told you, I there's something between the two of them that makes it so pleasant to watch because they're like, yeah, like we haven't whole lot of had a whole lot of time together, but like you're feeling something and I'm feeling something. Like, and I like that Rachel's straight up with them. She's like, hey, like I told you last week, I need more validation than this, and then you're not giving it. So like, what's the deal? 
but like not in a way that seemed like combative just in a like she did it very playfully and it made it very cute to watch that could have very easily gone in a different direction Mm -hmm. and we've seen it go in a very different direction in previous seasons too Mm -hmm. So no, they were, I just like watching them together. Yeah, they're, they're very happy together. So I'm, I think you were right. I'm very eager to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. They also make out a lot. So I they think that their, their physical chemistry is good too. Um, we also see Gabby put some aloe on Clayton and then they make out a lot. Um, I'm glad that Gabby got some more screen time because I'm seeing more and more why she's dated now three men in Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. She seems great. I'm really into her. And then we get Shanae's one-on-one time. What did you think about Shanae's use of her time with Clayton? Shanae is consistently wasting everyone's time. <laughs> she's wasting my time, his time, her time. I can't do it anymore. I need her off of my TV. I agree with everything that you have said. However, clearly she used her time effectively to achieve her goal of convincing Clayton that he likes her. We see her crying to Clayton, talking about how Elizabeth is bullying her. And then we immediately cut to her ITM where she says like, oh my gosh, he believes me. I've totally got him. It's just so fake. And it makes me really sad. She also, like, she's just hounding on this point that Elizabeth has done something to wrong her. And it's at this point, I really wished that the producers could talk to Clayton and be like, listen, we know that you're into Shanae, but she's lying to you. She said some really horrible things about Elizabeth's medical diagnoses that we think you should know. And basically, like, here's all the information, do with it what you will, you know? Like, let's look back to the beginning of the episode. Cassidy and her friends with benefits situation gets her kicked off the show. Mm-hmm. Something that happened before the show started with someone she's not in a relationship with. Someone she was talking about more than she should have as a person who's on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing inherently, inherently wrong. Like, do I agree yeah. with it? No. Is it a terrible thing that makes her a terrible person? No. Versus Shanae is just continuously coming up with lies has nothing to back it up, but knows that if she tells Clayton and makes out with him immediately after, he will listen to what she says and run with it. Exactly. Yeah. I will say for his part, Clayton does a good job of immediately addressing drama when it's brought to his attention, just like he did with Cassidy at the beginning of the episode. He immediately pulls Elizabeth and relays to her what Shanae has told him about how she feels bullied. She feels like Elizabeth has turned the whole house against her. She feels like the house is now a toxic environment for her and it's impacting Shanae's mental health. And Elizabeth just, she does her best to defend herself against these accusations, but it's so clear that Clayton is taking Shanae's side and there isn't really much of anything Elizabeth can say at this point. Um, I turned to my roommate during this part of the episode and I said, if I were Elizabeth, I would just try to leave now. I would just self-eliminate because there's nothing she can do to save her relationship with Clayton at this point. It's tough because she can't defend herself because she has nothing to defend against because again, it's all made up. Right, exactly. What can she say besides that's not true? Actually, Shanae's the one who was super warm and friendly with me one day and then the next was a completely different person. 
Clayton tweeted, was like live tweeting the episode. And yeah. even he said, he's like watching this back. He's like the story I was hearing versus like what I'm seeing is are just two completely different things. Like this is hard to watch. He did also say on Bachelor Happy Hour specifically about Shanae belittling Elizabeth for having ADHD. He said, if I'm not on screen when a conversation is taking place, I don't know about it. I only know what I am present for and what somebody tells me directly. So I had no idea any of that was going on. I don't think that's appropriate. And I'm really impressed with what Elizabeth has done in terms of raising awareness and raising money for NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. National Alliance of Mental Illness. Um, Elizabeth has raised close to $4,000 as of last night for NAMI and for somebody who doesn't have a huge platform that's really impressive. So go Elizabeth. Um, But yeah, Clayton basically wasn't aware of any of this. And that's just really sad in my opinion. It's just hard to watch. It's hard to see Elizabeth try and defend herself, but like knowing that like every time you pull me aside, it's not to like get to know me more. It's to mm-hmm. defend defend myself. And like, that's not a good look. Like no one wants to be that person. Right. She talks about having one good conversation with Clayton and all of her other conversations have been her defending herself against Shanae. And the reason she had, she's been defending herself is because Shanae saw that one good conversation and yep. was like, I can't let this girl win. Yeah. That conversation was that good. That- <laughs> exactly yeah they had they had that much potential that Shanae had to launch herself in like a missile and and ruin it for Elizabeth the next thing we see is Elizabeth recounting her conversation to the rest of the group and then Jamie Lindsay Spears walks up and is visibly flustered the women ask her like oh how was your time was it good you look like you're about to cry and she asks does anybody think that I've bullied Shanae And this comes out of nowhere. We've barely seen Lindsay on the screen, let alone having any interaction with Shanae. So at this point, it's very clear that Shanae is just making shit up. Mm -hmm. When Shanae returns to the group, Sierra immediately asks her why specifically she feels like she's been bullied and why she felt the need to talk to Clayton about it. She doesn't answer the question. She just says, yeah, I didn't mention any names except a couple of people who hurt me directly. No, she goes, I didn't say any names except some. (laughs) You can't say you didn't say any names and then say, but I also did. (laughs) Those are opposites. It's like watching Donald Trump try to explain his lies. You know, he just, he can't keep track of the lies that he's told. So he just keeps spiraling and spiraling. I didn't mention any names except, well, a few. Exactly, yeah. Like, actually, I did mention names. Um, Shanae says that when Elizabeth is around, people don't talk to her. But when Elizabeth isn't around, people are really nice to her. We don't see everything, but I feel like we haven't really seen evidence of that. Um, And Elizabeth specifically says, like, I made you lunch yesterday. You ate all my shrimp. What do you mean I'm not being nice to you? And honestly, Elizabeth doesn't need to be nice to somebody who demeaned her and was extremely rude to her about sharing her medical information. Like if somebody made fun of me for having ADHD the way Shanae did to Elizabeth two days ago, I wouldn't be nice to that person either. No, absolutely not. It's, she's just so strange. Yeah. It is, it's incredibly strange. 
What really gets me is that as soon as she realizes that all of the women have turned against her, Shanae is like, I'm done having this conversation and tries to end the conversation because she has run out of lies to tell. Yeah, I think you said we haven't really seen proof that like people don't talk to her and she's around Elizabeth. Unless you're talking specifically when she brought shrimp out and then no one wanted shrimp. I think that's the the moment she's thinking of. Yeah. Everyone was hanging out with Elizabeth and no one talked to me when I asked if they wanted shrimp, even though they just ate Elizabeth's shrimp. Exactly. And again, your shrimp didn't look as good as Elizabeth's shrimp. Also, they had already eaten. They had just eaten shrimp. It's like they could just be full. But I think she's already decided that everyone dislikes her, which- then created confirmation bias now everyone dislikes her (laughs) exactly yeah yeah not everybody disliked her until she decided to be so horrifically unpleasant and now everybody dislikes her Mm -hmm. the episode ends with gabby getting the group date rose shanae just says a bunch of rude mean things about gabby in her itm uh, Clayton wraps up the evening by saying that there was a lot brought to him that he needs to handle and he's going to address it before the rose ceremony the next day. We can tell from the previews that Shanae lives to see another week and that just makes me really sad. Yeah I'm upset that like it's not surprising that she gets another week because they just got rid of one villain. You can't do get rid of villains back to back. Yeah yeah. And again, he, she said it herself. She's like, he believed me. I got him. Mm -hmm. I won, basically. I'm interested if Jamie Lindsay Spears is her next target, if she's already accusing her of bullying. So she's thinking, I'll get rid of Elizabeth, then I'll get rid of Lindsay. I can definitely see that happening since she, it seems like she only named Elizabeth and Lindsay in her time with Clayton. I think Mm -hmm. Lindsay's next. And honestly, I, my money's on Shanae over Jamie Lindsay. Because she's choosing people who like seem to like have a spark with him, but haven't explored it yet. Yeah. Like she's not going after Susie. Right. Yeah. Not going after Sarah. She's not going after people that like she knows he might believe over her. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point. I see what you're doing, (laughs) ma'am. Also, we got no Teddy time at all this episode. She was a Hear how how upset Milo is about the lack of Teddy time? Yeah. Milo Milo wants more Teddy. Scream it some more. <laughs> we didn't get a lot of screen time for a lot of the people we've been seeing. Like even with like Pilot Rachel, like I love her. I think she deserves a ton of screen time because I think there's something there. But yeah. like, this is just based off of vibes. I have no actual clue because we're not <laughs> seeing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think Rachel's going to get a one-on-one soon because exactly what you're saying like there's clearly something there I'm scared she doesn't get a one-on-one soon Shanae's gonna choose her as her next target because like we can see it (laughs) Shanae's the grim reaper meme going from door to door whacking down her enemies and is it Sierra the one that keeps like calling out yeah I really like Sierra and I appreciate her dedication to body glitter once again this week Mm -hmm. I I like Sierra and I'm glad she's willing to call people out but that's such a dangerous spot to be in. That's someone who gets eliminated like right before hometowns. Exactly, yeah. So like, it's something you want to, like you want to help, but you can't be the only one doing this. And like right now she's the only one willing to take that step. Yeah, that person never wins. That person does sometimes become the bachelorette a la Katie Thurston. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be hard being the lead in that position though, because how do you know who is 
being honest about what's going on in the house and how do you know who's being Shanae and is just blatantly lying to advance their own cause exactly and again Clayton wasn't someone who made it super far in his season right so it's not that he got to see like oh like because sometimes there's just people that like everyone dislikes in the house but like they're like Corinne Corinne wasn't a bad person exactly yeah all she wanted to do was nap and like honestly I'm saying I can't even take naps and I still want to nap like I get it (laughs) but like people hated her and talked badly about her all the time but they're like no like I'm gonna just listen to Corinne because like but it just, you just have to have a good read on people. And like Clayton doesn't have that ability at this point in time. And I also feel like the men on Michelle's season, there weren't a lot, there wasn't a lot of nuance. There was a lot of black and white. And thankfully she had a lot of really great stand-up guys, but the guys who weren't as worthy of her time and attention got eliminated pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jamie was pretty wacky, Ryan with his binders full of pro tips. Um, the only person who made it farther than they maybe should have was Martin. And even then he, Martin, Martin. even then, like he, he dug his own grave. Yeah. He did yeah. It himself. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just Clayton, like you're saying, not having a good read on people and then also not having a lot of experience to know that sometimes people are snakes and he's not having anyone come up to him and be like hey like Shanae is lying to you about Elizabeth and all these other people yeah yeah those are conversations that are happening between the women themselves but no one has made the step to go to play and be like hey exactly yeah I'm really I'm really hoping that somebody stands up for Elizabeth next week because she she deserves that she this experience has been completely ruined for her because she had a connection with the guy and now that's not going to get explored because the guy's believing the other girl in the situation we'll see you on the beach elizabeth yeah homegirl's definitely getting a paradise run i think she's going to be in the first group of paradise too oh definitely definitely shall we move on to our picks for this episode yeah absolutely who did you think was best dressed i loved eliza's jumpsuit at group date one cocktail party I had the same pick. It was awesome. And it was kind of risky too, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. I also, honorable mention for a different outfit, something I'm not used to seeing was Elizabeth's outfit at the end of this episode. That was a very fun top with like a skirt. And I feel like I don't see a whole lot of like skirt shirt combinations for cocktail parties. Yeah. It was like a turtleneck kind of meshy bodysuit type of top. It was really cute. And it was Mm -hmm. really different. Good point best one-on-one time slash chemistry I said Rachel I like Rachel I went with Serene I like Serene and him at the start of the episode yeah I really like Serene and I really like that Clayton really likes Serene Mm -hmm. (laughs) what was your yikes moment this week um Clayton Sunburn good pick it was pretty yikes it was very red Um, (laughs) Clayton Sunburn followed by how bad they are at CPR from a medical perspective just just leave me just let me be (laughs) I had Shanae eating eight parentheses number eight shrimp as my yikes this week (laughs) that's a good one that's just too many shrimp when there's only about 20 shrimp available Mm -hmm. um favorite activity the Van Gogh immersive experience I really want to go it's here but it won't be a private experience when I go I was like, I have gone to the Van Gogh um, immersive experience. 
was before. it fun it is really cool it is really nice to see um would recommend that was also my favorite activity I also like the pinata just because I think that's a fun thing to get to do oh yeah on anytime, a very strange date yeah anytime you get to break stuff on this show it's like perfect um did you have a favorite guest star this week I liked Becca Cooper as favorite guest star. I thought you could tell she was having a lot of fun with it mm-hmm. while we might not have been having as much fun <laughs> with it. And while Sarah and Clayton might not have been having that much fun, Becca was having the time of her life. See, I, I listed this as a picks category and then I went to fill it out and I was like, I hated all of the guest stars. So I'm going to go with Nicole Eggert just because she did not give Shanae the validation that she did not deserve. That's fair. Uh, do you have a pick to win? I'm sticking with my OG pick of Pilot Rachel. Pick to Good win. Pick. Good pick. There's just something about them. I have a lot of faith in people who've had very little screen time together. I agree with your pick. I respect your pick. I'm going to stick with my pick from last week and stay with Sarah. All right. I respect it. Sarah had a good time this week. We saw them really connect. I'm into it. Yeah. What did your mom think about this episode? So I've got from last episode and this episode perfect love to see it last episode her thought was why are we acting like middle schoolers as 30 year old women make it make sense very fair um the direct quote from her for this week's episode was it was so blot that i spaced out most of the episode he needs to get shanae out but he's choosing to believe her and not even checking the vibes with the rest of the women it's so boring and the dates were so bad your mom demands a vibe check and honestly I agree with her (laughs) I don't know who I mean it's probably me for saying vibes but like I don't know when my mom started saying he needs to check the vibes (laughs) we need to check the vibes of this place well your mom does pass the vibe check she is Mm -hmm. lovely and this only confirms that I think that was it for this episode we hope that you guys enjoyed our thoughts more negative than positive this week I think (laughs) it's definitely our most negative episode yet (laughs) uh please give us some feedback we accept dms on any social media platform we accept texts and emails if you want to send me a letter I can send you my snail mail address I would really love a tiktok Please, someone, a TikToker, Annalise and Paulina here at Take a Moment, a Bachelor podcast. Please. <laughs> I'm going to check the ha- hashtag, Take a Moment, Bachelor podcast. <laughs> yeah, but let us know what you want to hear from us, what you don't want to hear from us. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week.